Well, it's great to have our dear brother Keith Wheeler with us today, and Keith has carried the cross in many nations and points people to Jesus. And I remember many years ago, the only time that we've met Keith, we had him in our home um, down in South Carolina, and um, it was a small group, but it was a powerful time, and several people came up at the end of that meeting and said it really was the closest time they felt to sitting at the feet of Jesus. Of course, we know only Jesus is perfect, but Keith represents the heart of our Lord so well. I, I'm so thankful, Keith, for you just coming back from Ukraine and being available and willing. So thank you so much. Uh, Keith, how many countries have you been to carrying the cross and for how many years? Well, that's what a lot of wars are being fought over, isn't it? How many countries really are there? Um, depends on whose count, but plus or minus a few, 200. Wow. And uh, by the grace and the mercy of God, I, I actually began carrying a cross. Uh, you'll see one over my shoulder just a little bit. Uh, the first cross is still flying around the world. It got lost after only three years, and it's still circling the globe, I suppose, or maybe it's landed and is part of cornerstone of someone's home someplace. Wow. Uh, people say, how could the airlines lose something so big? And yet I say, how have we lost something so important as the message of the cross? Mm -hmm. um, with God's help, I carried this cross for 22 years. Powerful. And, uh, it's just so old and, and broken. We retired it and put it up here in my study. And the other one, the one that I carry now, I'm, I'm just got back, but God willing, I'm leaving again in the morning. And so it's packed up. I've carried it for 14 years uh, around the world. So if you do all that math, it's right around 40 years that God's given me the privilege. Um, a few years ago, 2018, the month of October, as best as we could determine, you know, uh, as close as we could determine, I tried to keep journal entries and with maps and all of this, I took the step that equaled the distance on foot around the world at the equator. And I never expected this journey to be, you know, this, this long. Um, but I, I, I'll say this, and, and this puts it all in perspective. The journey, yes, there's has been with wood. And, and the beauty about the wood on my shoulder is, is actually on this collarbone. I, I don't even know if you can see it. Yeah, you can see it a little bit. That's from all the years of the weight of the cross. And I tell people that's what wood has done to me. But when we take up his cross, the cross he's called us to carry, he shapes our life. And so my journey has, yes, has been with, with wood, with lumber on my shoulder, but it's been, this journey has been a journey with Jesus. Amen. So and, you just got back from uh, Ukraine. Uh, yeah. What were your first impressions when you got there and, and the first few hours there? Uh, yeah. My prayer right before I left was, was Jesus, um, you said, apart from you, I can do nothing. And you said, and yet you said, with you, there's nothing impossible. And then it was Moses' prayer, if if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me from this place. And 
you know, to get the cross into an, a country is is a little bit of a, an adventure. I, it took me almost five hours because so many refugees are coming and, and wanting to touch the cross and tears coming to their eyes. Just, just touch the cross and be close to the cross. And, and then others are curious and they want to know why the cross and what's the purpose of the cross. And then I have so many Ukrainians coming up, telling me their story. I don't understand a word, a few words in Ukrainian. They're telling me their stories. They're just pouring their hearts out to me because they just need to share what, what they've experienced. And they find that the cross is a, is a place that they can come. But, but reporters and, and assistance workers, relief workers, and then the Polish side didn't want to let me out, not because of anything bad. They were so excited. And I've carried the cross. They, they do this annual pilgrimage. I've, I've walked to this very famous Polish pilgrimage twice uh, in this journey with, with Jesus. And, and they kept asking questions and they said, could we keep you here all night? Uh, we have so many questions and, and praying with them and talking with them and just hearing their hearts. Then I'm out in no man's land and, and then there's the need. Oh, so many people. And then once again, repeating what just happened in on the Polish side, but more English speakers there, the Ukrainians. And all the Ukrainians wanting to come up and, and hug me and hug the cross and touch me, touch the cross, wanting to hear about the journey around the world. And after all of that, it's just over five hours just mm -hmm. to get through that little place. And, wow. and the funny part is you, you should have seen me lining up. I'm, there's all the relief going in. So you have these big diesel trucks, 18 wheelers. And then so there's 18 wheelers and Keith Wheeler. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing in line just like all the other trucks and cars and i got up there and found out there's a pedestrian path later and went around but then it's dark it's cold and it's rainy and i don't know where i'm going to sleep uh, my first two nights i i slept pretty much in in bomb shelters i, I went to a train station because i knew I, I have a place there and i tell people you know when i go on these trips nothing is arranged the only one I know there is Jesus. The only one I, who knows where I'm going to sleep is Jesus. The only one who speaks my language for sure is going to be Jesus. And he knew. Mm -hmm. And I go into a train station. As soon as I go in, uh, bombs start falling. And, you know, the sirens go off and we're rushed. So now my family grows to about 500. I'm, I'm downstairs in a bomb shelter. Mm -hmm. and uh, So there's not much sleep on, on this journey as, as I, oh, I can imagine. And, and thank God for all the organizations that are helping uh, yeah. both inside Ukraine and outside and neighboring nations to uh, love and care for the refugees fleeing the, the war zones and the terror. And um, what did you see different groups represented um, who was, who was there um, among the different humanitarian aid groups for Christians, other groups, other religions? At the border is where I really saw everything, the assistance. Uh, I came in through the Polish border, went out through another border in Poland. Um, at the other border, I didn't see more than two or three groups, but I came in through the main one. Um, 
Shemitzel, and that seems to be where most of all the action is, is taking place with Poland. And there I saw uh, many groups. Um, there were some Christian groups there, but I was challenged to, to be honest and be very truthful. Uh, I saw every kind of group there. Um, and, and, you know, you and I shared earlier, and, and my heart is to stay, I wanted to stay pure and, and free from offense or criticism, judgments, but to see, uh, you know, there, there was a Sikh group from, from India. Uh, there was, uh, there, the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses were there very prominently. Uh, there, there was a, a, a gay group that was, was there uh, very, very openly and, and purposely there. And, and so I, I was challenged. Uh, I did see a, a few Christian groups there. The only groups that I saw on the inside that were still there was uh, Samaritan's Purse. Mm -hmm. And then where I, I was able to eventually stay in, in homes and gosh, I was so blessed. This probably my, my most beautiful moment, my most challenge, personally challenging moment was, was this, this home. Uh, they worked together with YWAM. Now, most of the YWAM base had left and this man had every excuse to leave. He's US citizen. His wife is a Ukrainian, but he's been there for 18 years. He's got two children. And in their home and in the, the home next door, uh, at, at one time, I think they had 90 people. Uh, there weren't quite that many when I was there, but pretty much every, every bed is uh, full. Most of the floor is full of people on pallets. These guys are running buses and mini buses back and forth to the border there. They're getting them you know, serving them food and, and they're providing clothing and blankets, uh, trying to get medicine. They're also providing medical kits, first-rate medical kits and body armor to the Ukrainian soldiers. And, and again, they could have left. But, but this particular night, uh, we're, we're all worshiping and uh, we've just been bombed about a mile and a half away. Uh, they hit a, a pretty critical item there in, in this particular city. And uh, everybody, is, we worship Jesus more, you know, just focus on him, the, the worthy one. And then there's a wall, a map on the wall, and they start getting up and they go and they place their hands on Russia. And I just, I just watch as they're, they're praying for Russia. They're blessing Russia. They're forgiving Russia. And I, I couldn't get away from Jesus' words, love your enemies. You know, do good to those who harm you. Uh, bless those who, who insult you, who curse you. Uh, pray for those who, who persecute you. Go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. And, it, and it's easy to say but I saw a picture of it. While Russian bombs are falling, they're praying for Wow, oh, powerful. We've heard of many um, supernatural moves and signs and wonders of the Lord. Uh, 
this morning on social media, I saw a, a picture of, of a kitchen with a bomb, a big bomb, like a six, eight feet tall, uh, had crashed through the roof and hit uh, the countertop or the stove, but it did not explode. And the wow. person who wrote it said that they, they're seeing God's protection. And then they put in the quotes, uh, no weapon formed against <laughs> you shall Perfect. prosper. And the word of God is so strong. And then his spirit of God is, yeah. is so strong. And so many there on both sides, Russia and Ukraine are yeah. strong believers. And here really they're, they're one people. And we know that Christianity really started in Ukraine, I think in 988 AD and spread. Um, and a good friend of ours, um, he um, um, said the comparison of Kiev and, uh, or Ukraine and Russia was like New England relates to America, you know, that yeah. they're inseparable um, as far as, as one people, of course, many ethnos and people groups within each place, but still it's like, it's, it's the Russian um, heritage and Christian heritage that is so intertwined there. And it's so um, sad. And we thank God for the millions of people praying around the world for an end to the violence and the harm to innocent families, innocent people who lost their homes uh, and um, tragically praying for those that lost loved ones who were killed and the many children that were killed or injured. And so many had to be displaced. You know, we work with our friends in CMM and partner ministries um, who are in Ukraine to help relocate orphans to other places, other countries, other parts of Ukraine that may be safer for a few days. Uh, but we're all praying for, for an end to this uh, tragic yes. violence. But we see God moving and God speaking. And there's so many layers of um, um, intrigue, um, puppet strings, if you will, being pulled behind the scenes that led up to this. Um, right. But, uh, you know, we just, I pray every day, Lord, cut the, all the puppet strings tied mm. to the corruption and, and the deception that is going on around the world. And that it really is, the root of it is a spiritual warfare that yeah. we're up against. But yes. Uh, God bless you, Keith, for going into these places. So how far into Ukraine did you get? Uh, I, I visited, uh, carried the cross in, in five different uh, cities and villages. Uh, I spent more time in bomb shelters I've, than, than any other country I've, I've been in. Um, I, I was close to the capital. And uh, so I... I didn't go further than than the capital, but I was I was close to the capital, and uh, I've yeah I think you understand just for the protection it it was I really didn't understand this as well when I was there, but uh, I would take a picture. I did this a couple of times with my phone, and people immediately came over and said, "Please, please, please, uh, for our safety, uh, don't don't post this. Please don't talk about where you are, where we are." And I, I've never been that guy. I've, I've carried the cross in Iran and Iraq and uh, Saudi Arabia. And, and so I've, I've been very open with, with me and the cross. But for them and their sake in this season, they, they just said they, they would watch me as I had my phone. And they made me literally delete 
in front of them the photo that I had just taken or the video that I had just taken. Right. Normally I'd come home with hundreds of pictures, but, but I came home with maybe 10 or 15 pictures. Yes. So hey, I, that reminds me uh, when we met you long time ago, I think it was in the nineties perhaps, or maybe yes. in the early two thousands when you went into Iraq, when Saddam Hussein was alive, can you share that story about how you walked up to the border of Iraq and uh, you laid down on the ground with you remember yeah. beside you. That was a powerful story. And so what happened? The, these soldiers came out to question you of like, are you crazy? So was that during a war or was that between the first? That was Iraq just war? before, um, you know, desert war number two started. Um I mean, literally just before I had tried to get a visa for two years to get into Iraq, literally for two years, every time I would contact the embassy or the a consulate, I would go to another country and I would go to the Iraqi embassy and can you give me a visa? And it was no, no, no. And I, I always tell people that my spiritual gift is uh, stubbornness. I just don't give up. It's perseverance, but I just, I don't give up. And so I got this idea because the world had an embargo against, but much very similar to what's going on right now with, with Russia. And nobody would do business with Iraq except the neighboring country of Jordan. So I got this crazy idea, fly to Jordan and walk to the border. So we showed up at the border and a long story, very short, I you know, once you're in no man's land, then there's the border control. And there's a, a little toll booth. There's a tall statue of Saddam Hussein. There's barbed wire 20 feet high and razor wire above that. And before the, the guy in the toll booth could do anything, I, I took the cross and this, this top part of the cross, I leaned over and it was now into Iraq. And before the soldiers or anyone could do anything, I laid down. So from, from here up, I'm on my face. This much of me is in Iraq. And I just prayed, Jesus, I did it. Hallelujah. All glory to you. My cross is here. I'm here. Not all of me, not all of my cross. But as best as I can, I obeyed you. And... If you want me to go any further, it's your responsibility. And I, I began to pray for God's blessings and his peace and his purposes and his destinies to be fulfilled, that they would know the true Prince of Peace. They would know Jesus. And as I'm praying on the ground there, I notice boots. There, there are guys start gathering around me. And so I think, okay, I'll, I'll pray a little longer. So, but the longer I prayed, I'm thinking they're going to leave. They're just going to get tired and leave more boots. So I just stand up, dust myself off, and they all have their guns. What are you doing? Why are you here? What is the purpose of this? And I've got these little stickers that say God loves you. And I'm poking them on all of the soldiers, and I'm putting them on their guns. And I said, this is important to know, and it's got a cross here, and you need to know how much he loves you. And, and I begin to explain who Jesus is and why he came, and what he did, and how you can know him. And a couple of those soldiers start to cry, and uh, somebody excuses himself. They go away. They come back on the radio, and they say, hey, good news. You are Saddam Hussein's guest of honor. 
you are most welcome in Iraq. <laughs> I had liberty to go any place in every place while I was there. Wow. And so all glory to God. And, and that's why I say, if, if it's just a journey with the cross, you know, I'm, I'm an adventurer or I'm a tourist with lumber on my shoulder. But Jesus, he redeemed the, the most horrible instrument of torture in the history of the world. And it became a symbol of hope. It became a symbol of, as we're going to celebrate in a few weeks, resurrection, a symbol of peace, a symbol of love and forgiveness and mercy. It's not a decoration. It's not a good luck charm. So this journey has not been with lumber. It's been a journey with Jesus. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me always. And then he promises to be with me even to the ends of the earth, and he has. And he does prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Um, that's, that's the beauty of this journey. It's, it's a journey where it, it, it's a time, there, there are times and places where Jesus, he just becomes everything. He becomes, he becomes all, he becomes better than. And, you know, this, this place is where Jesus is better than my safety. He's better than my security. Um, <laughs> more important than my comfort, for, for sure. Uh, more important than my rights. He's, he's just more precious. He's, he's more precious than my next breath, my next heartbeat. It's, it's this place that of surrender and, and abandonment uh, where the only thing that matters in that moment is, is his grace, his face to take that next step and, and put a smile on his face. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. People need to, to know what it is to, to be a follower of Jesus, to worship him and all we do, to know that that voice. Jesus said, the, my sheep know my voice and follow me. Yes. And I pray that the viewers and the listeners of this will just be encouraged to press into surrendering completely, yielding yeah. to him, aligning our lives with the Lord and what he calls us to do. And then to be faithful, to risk it all, because he's worth worth it all. And he paid the price. And it's, I love hearing your, your reports of just being faithful to the Lord produces favor. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that it's the Lord who promotes, um, but he He loves when we're, we're just willing to do whatever he tells us to do, no matter how some people um, may think, oh, that's that's not acceptable, or we fall into political correctness, Christianity, and we're thinking, right. oh, well, what do my friends think? What do my, what do my advisors think? What do my um, uh, uh, co-workers think about what I'm doing when really it's just about uh, us and the Lord uh, yeah. and, and doing what he calls us to? He makes it simple. He says, uh, my cross, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pick up your cross and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And I love how you know you don't have to know all the languages. They see that cross and they come running. We have a dear brother who was born in Iran, the grandson of an Ayatollah, and he was telling me a few weeks ago he goes into Yemen and Somalia, and he used to because he 
he's from that culture, you know, he can blend and he knows eight languages or more. So he can speak in many of these places. But uh, the last year he's been wearing the cross outside of his t-shirt. And wow. now uh, Muslims in these countries, which are have not been too friendly to Christians or followers of Jesus, come running up to him and said, hey, mister, you're a Christian. Tell me more. You know, that there's such a um, revival. The great harvest is is upon us. And we see uh, uh, and hear reports from friends we know personally and, and in the media, too, of so many um, people from the Islamic background or Arabic cultures who are seeing visions of the man in white. They're seeing yeah. Jesus in a vision. And just to think that the the our savior is appearing how can we doubt his supremacy his sovereignty his love for us that during this time of increasing um chaos and uncertainty wars rumors of wars earthquakes that we read about in the bible that jesus is appearing and uh, it is really a wake-up call i think to people that are alive today that the lord would have us born for such a time as this and really the greatest time in history to see millions and even billions coming to the Lord and people from other faiths, other ideologies, uh, mm. wanting to have an encounter with God who, who answers prayer, a father who hears their heart, who, who knows them better than they know themselves. And, and when they ask questions, he answers them. And oftentimes when I'm ministering with them, um, people with other faiths, I say, when you go home tonight, ask the Lord if he's real to show himself, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Jesus of Nazareth, uh, speak to me, and and they're amazed, and I love to follow up with them the next day of, oh, well, what happened, and it's like, you yeah. won't believe it, and, they're, yeah. and it's like, okay, we have, Jesus is the answer, we happen to know the answer, and so why wouldn't we want to share that good news, the true good news, the truth and the love of the creator of all the universe with everyone that we meet, either through our lifestyle, our actions, or, or just that visual impact when they see Keith Wheeler carrying a cross uh, in the middle of a war zone or going up to a country that may be closed and just praying and trusting God of like, Lord, you told me to come here. Here I am. I did. I did it. I did my part. What do you want to do next? And he has his way. And he always loves to surprise us and smile over us. And we know that the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to diligently seek him to know him more, you know, and to know that he's he knows the hairs on our heads or the lack of hair on my head, uh, but he, he intimately is, is alive in our lives. So um, thank you, Keith. Uh, do, yeah. do any other, um, I know you have thousands of testimonies going into places. What stands out or first comes to mind when you think of God's supernatural love and his power and his grace? You know, first of all, I, I would say um, so often, people look at what we do as, as a commandment, the, the great commandment when you go into all the world. I, I like to twist that just a little bit and call it the great invitation. And people pay 
top dollar around the world to sit on the 50 yard line at the Super Bowl or mid court front row game seven NBA finals or some some famous superstar singer concert. The creator of the universe, the one who breathes stars and calls them by name is has invited us to follow him into all the world and, and sit on the front row center stage and watch him do what he does best. Uh, I, I want to be clear, I don't have a ministry. Jesus does. It's his ministry in my life, to my life, and then through my life. And ministry to me is simply the overflow of a life lived in love with Jesus. It's it's the, the John 13, 23, leaning my head on Jesus' chest like John did, and hearing his heart beat for the world. And it's to me, his heart doesn't, as I've done that, it, it's not bump, 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 bump. It's people, people. Mm. His heart's breaking. And one day he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. But today, we have the opportunity to wipe away the tears from his eyes. And by it's by us saying yes and, and doing what we can. And, and I, I may miss it. I'm, I may get to heaven and Jesus may laugh and say, son, I didn't mean for you to carry a wooden cross. I meant for you to preach the cross. But thanks for trying. God's going to get his will done in our world with us or without us. He, but he invites us as a loving and good father says, come on, come on, son, come on, my daughter. And just, just watch me. I'm, I want to give you this beautiful privilege. So I've made a commitment. I would rather miss the will of God trying to obey than not do anything at all. I think sometimes our fear of missing the will of God causes us to miss the will of God. Mm -hmm. It's because it's based on fear. And early on in, in my journey, and it was a great lesson, God called me to do something. And I, I made every reason not to and they were all very logical um and i didn't go god raised somebody else to up to do that and i think that's why so many people are having these dreams and visions that that you just shared about that we've heard about or sometimes they have them and we get to be on the other end and you ask me you know what i i could tell you story after story after story one that does come to my mind and and by the way i've never seen him work the same ever in any of these places. It's, it's been beautiful. I've seen him do incredible, miraculous healings, but most of them have had nothing to do with a response to me praying for them. Um, I, I, I have I, seen I, that many times too of, uh, he, he, he doesn't use a formula. We, we often in our carnal intellect try to put him in a box or say, well, it happened this way before, so I'll just repeat those steps. But right. he's the God of, of all creation. He is the creator. He's very creative. And he, he puts that uh, thumbprint of creativity on each of us. You know, And the word says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we just need to, to hear that whisper or that still small voice or that see that impression or an unction in our spirit right. man or woman to be able to go to the next step and see what he does next, that you know, he gives us a free will, but yet he knew before the foundation 
of the world <clears throat> all the days of our lives. I mean, how big of God is that to know um, in eternity past, present, and future, everything, and he knows the end from the beginning. I mean, it's just like an amazing tapestry of mysteries and wonderment yeah. that um, he loves when we, we stand before him just in awe. You know, and you can just picture the angels in heaven saying, mm. holy, 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 of, yeah. of that awe and wonder and that childlike faith of like, will, will you trust me? And, and, and as you were describing of, of going out over the years and, and like, oh, I may miss it, but he still honors your faith. Mm. And it's like, and then he works all things together for good because we love him. And we're called according to his purposes um, because of that love. And so he allows that, that freedom to um, explore by, by faith, hearing the best we can and obeying with all our heart, soul, and strength. And, you know, and like on, on Paul said, trip, uh, be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yeah. On this trip, I had so many people before I left saying, are you absolutely sure God is calling you there? And I said, no. I mean, yes. Um, I mean, it's in the Bible. He said, go into all the world. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Unless he says no, he's already said go. I don't need a, a word from God. Uh, people say sometimes, do you have a word for me? I say, yes, read it. And then read the word and, and then do it. And, and then he breathes on, on, on that as, as we go. And so Again, I may be wrong in this, but I just, I want to put a smile on his face. I, I want to see his face. And, and, and so my life, I, I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm putting my life in your hands and I'm trusting you. And the goal for me is not to get there and get back. The goal for me is obedience. Um, people are praying for my safety. I said, don't, don't pray for my safety. Pray for my obedience. Pray for my surrender. Pray, pray that my heart is is clean and pure and it he's already numbered my days for me to live as christ to die is is gain and 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 i'm not i'm not suicidal but i can't wait till i die this this is how you overcome uh, you know the word of our testimony the the blood of the lamb the word of our testimony we don't love our lives even to the point of death and unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it doesn't bear much fruit yes uh, too many people, too many people, they're buried when they're 85 years old, but they stopped living when they were 25 years old. Wow. And they just ended up existing and enduring in life. And, and so I just, Jesus, Jesus said it this way. He said, you know, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you seek to lose your life for my sake in the gospel, you'll find it. And one translation actually says, if you seek to keep your life safe, you'll lose it. I, I don't want to put more years into my life. I want to put more life into my years. And I mean, we all thought I would be dead. I had my funeral ready when I was 27 years old. I'm 61 years old now. <laughs> and I've, I've been before firing squads. I've been beaten and left for dead. I've been stoned by rocks. Three times I've been hit by cars four times. Um, I've had guns in my ears and my nose down my throat uh, I've been in plane crashes. I've been bitten by poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders. 
the last time I was beaten and left for dead, you could see the, the bones in my head. Um, I was unconscious for a long time. I've been in jail more than 40 times. My cross has been in jail more than 50 times. I've been chased by elephants and rhinos, bitten by a monkey, a baboon, a donkey. But Jesus has a plan. And, and the plan, the goal is not my safety. The goal is my obedience. And then we, we step out and we see him do things. Uh, one of those stories, just kind of a, a funny story. And it has to do with those dreams and visions you were sharing. I was carrying the cross years ago through Mongolia. And it was right after there were a few known believers. But until 1994, there were zero believers in Mongolia. Now that number is growing, thankfully. But we were walking across the desert to a town called Dalanzagad. And the only ones out in the Gobi Desert, I, I don't know why God called me, but we're, we're out there for this guy that I'm going to tell you about. Um, the only ones out there are, are people looking for dinosaur bones and adventure tourists and the nomads. And we heard a... Uh, motorcycle and this guy looked like Genghis Khan who you know had been the ruler there years ago he had a big beard and I don't know what Genghis Khan looked like but he looked like I imagined Genghis Khan big bushy beard he's got uh, kind of heavy and he says you're the man you're the man I said what do you mean he said I had a dream about you last night he said in, in this dream I saw someone carrying one of these but I couldn't look at him because he was too bright. He was like when the sunshine comes up in the morning. He said, the only thing I could see was the wood on his shoulder. And I could see his feet and there were holes in his feet. But when he spoke, it was like waterfalls. And he said to me, tomorrow you're going to meet a man who can explain who I am and what this is and how you can know me. Beautiful. Wow. He says, you're the man. And I had this privilege. And this, this guy grabs me. <laughs> And when I share with him who Jesus is, why he came, what he did, and how you can know him, he, he grabs me and he goes, oh, I don't know if that's good or bad. And then he goes, Woo! <laughs> and then right through his bushy beard, he had spittle, he had food particles. It was like a picnic there. He says, this is, this is, and he's crying. And he pulls me right to him, past the beard, past the picnic, past the spit, kisses me right on my mouth. And then he pulls me away. He goes, this is happy news. And I thought, God have mercy on us. We've become so familiar and so comfortable with Jesus that he's become ordinary to us. Mm -hmm. And that it just has become the good news. And we're sharing our faith or our belief. And we've made him a religion or a faith or a belief rather than a person. The person that we have the privilege of following and adoring, and worshiping, and knowing, and he is the happiest news ever. Really, that's so well said, and such an important point for us to remember. Our good friend Bobby Connor has many great um, quotes and one-liners, and he says, we are all too familiar with a God we barely know, hmm. and you know, we, we, we think as we've studied or we were raised in Sunday school or maybe just last week came to the Lord and we're reading the Bible. And it's like we, we recognize the words on paper, but until we get the, the revelation that goes in our heart of yeah. who he is and what he's done and what he's still doing for us, 
It's like, then we can have a real life-changing, eternity-changing encounter with the living God. Yeah. And, and we think we know it all when really, you know, even the Apostle Paul, when he was an older man before he was martyred, he, he said, I have not arrived, but I press on to that high mark of the calling of Jesus Christ. It'll take all of eternity, won't it? Yeah, will. It's like but what wow. a privilege to be able to be with him, to be, I, I came out of a hospital um, two years ago during this COVID season, and, and there was a sister. I, I went to the chapel while I was there, and, and one of the, the Catholic nuns, a sister, came up to me, and she said, are you a door? And I thought, am I a door? And she said, I said, what do you mean? She goes, a door. And she was from another country. And, and uh, then she said it a third time, oh, an adorer. Mm. And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She, I could tell by looking at you. And, and what a privilege that we have to look at him. And as the Bible says, May you know, we're being changed into that same image to be able to be with him as Peter and John, untrained and uneducated men. But there's something different about these fellows. They've been with Jesus. And may that be all of us. May, may we constantly, not just when we come out of a little chapel at a, at a hospital, may we be with him so much. My religion, my faith, my belief won't change me. But sometimes we're around Jesus and Jesus-y things so often that we become comfortable, we become familiar, things become convenient. We, we know everything about that, but not him. We, we reduce him to a that or our walk with him is an it. I don't do that with my princess. I'm married to a fairy tale princess. I, she, she's my fairy tale princess. She's my sweetheart. Uh, I adore her. And Jesus is so much more. And that's why when I see him going to broken and suffering and hurting people in Ukraine, he is the Prince of Peace. He's the only one who can change that situation. He's the only one that can heal those hearts. Uh, we said this earlier. There are people there who are much more gifted than me medically and strategically, analytically, all the things that need to be happening. But sometimes in our rush to help people, we're there in the name of Jesus, but we leave Jesus behind and we leave his message behind. Really? And somebody can have all the, the food and the medicine and the clothing. We seem to have it right here, but without hope, there's no reason to wake up. That, that creates despair. And the cross is a message of hope. If Jesus really? would, but he hung on and make it a symbol of hope, how much more can he do with our lives? Really, and boy, during the pandemic and, and the um, chaos and uncertainty of the last few years, people need hope. I yeah. need hope. You need hope. We all need hope. And he calls us to just reach out in our neighborhoods, marketplace. And, and you know, what you said, uh, Keith, very much stirred me. And so I just want to pray right now for our viewers, you know, that we read in, um, in the New Testament that on, on Judgment Day, there were those that came before Jesus, and they said, um, didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we feed the poor in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? And, 
and he said, depart from me, I never knew you, that it's important and incumbent upon each one of us as followers of Christ, as sons of the living God, to know him. And I pray that you would know him more. And if you have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he's knocking at the door of your heart, even as you're listening to this interview with uh, Brother Keith. And you can pray right now, Lord God, I want to know you. And Lord, I've made a mess. I'm human. No one's perfect. Mm. Only Jesus. And, and Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Bring to my remembrance all that I need to repent of. And even what I don't remember, sins of omission, sins of commission. Uh, Lord, forgive me of my sins that I can't make it without you. And Lord, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart as Savior, as Messiah. Mm. And I am hungry and desperate for the greatest miracle of all, and that is salvation, which includes my eternal saving of my soul, of healing, wholeness, deliverance. Lord, by your stripes I am healed. And Lord, by your spirit, all those chains from the past of of my mistakes, my, my failings, my um, sins, that you forgive them all, and they are now under the blood of Jesus for all eternity. Yes. And Lord, I live for you, and I invite you to show yourself real to me, Lord Jesus, and just have your way. Appear to me in dreams and visions, encounters. Help me to have a hunger to, to be in your word every day as I devote my life to you, and that you love me perfectly right where I am, right in my current position, my, my job, my uh, school status as a student, my occupation, my, my trade. Lord, I dedicate myself to you that it's, it's all ministry, and I want to worship you, Lord, in all that I do forever and ever, and give glory to your name, and to see you smile, Yes, and Lord. teach me about faith, teach me about perseverance. Teach me about single-mindedness, about yielding to you, Lord, that you would have your way in my life and my family on mm -hmm. earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Well, this has been precious, Keith. We'll have yeah. to do it again. Next time you're on the East Coast, we'd love to see you and host so good to meet you. you again. What a way. What a, thanks for the privilege of uh, visiting with you and just being able to see your face and reconnect. I, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Oh, God bless you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for what you're doing, my friend. God bless, bless you. Bless you too.